Good afternoon, my friends, and welcome to, yes, another episode of Obsidian Achievement. <clears throat> this is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me today. I just wanted to remind everybody, especially the men that listen to me, that life is supposed to be very difficult. Life is very hard. And even and even for women, I've watched my wife... Um, you know, become a mother over the course of the last year to one daughter, <clears throat> very soon within a month to be two daughters. And I've seen the trials and obstacles and adjustments and things she's had to go through to be a good mother. It's it's a struggle. It's not it's not easy. Being a mom is very, very difficult. Being a man and a provider and a protector is very, very difficult. Life is just difficult. And the sooner that you get it through your head that that is the way that it is supposed to be and will continue to be, the easier it's going to be for you to have a somewhat fulfilling existence on this planet. Sitting around and waiting for things to get better, as most people do, is not the answer at all to solving one's problems and issues. Problems, they don't just go away. And you don't reach this point of problem solving where you've solved all of the problems and there are no more. And you've heard me talk about this many times that, you know, I I shared this on my Instagram stories. My bills last month, what I paid out was 140,000. So I paid out in a month what a a pretty well-earning family will make in a year. And I don't say that to be arrogant. I don't say that to be that I'm special or better or I say that because what Biggie said, more money, more more problems. It's very very true. It doesn't just because you have more money, it doesn't make things easier, but it, it does change your problems. You know, thankfully, thank God, thank God, it has nothing to do with me, it is all God's grace. Thank God my wife and child don't have to worry about where their next meal is going to come from. Thank God that my wife doesn't have to worry about the bills being paid. Thank God that we get to live on, uh, you know, 12-acre property in, um, in a beautiful part of Maine with a nice house. And thank God for these things. So my challenges are different, though. I don't have to worry about those things like most people now, unfortunately, most Americans now with the eradication of the middle class have to worry about. Not being able to meet their rent payments, not being able to make their mortgage payments, not knowing how they're going to make their car payments and still feed their family. So I'm not saying that it's not difficult to be at a financial disadvantage. It's not what I'm saying. I've been there. Backtrack 10 years, probably 8 years my wife and I were deciding whether or not to use the change that we found under the seats in the car to get McDonald's or a bottle of wine. Do we want to go to bed hungry or do we want to go to bed sober? You know what I mean? That's I've, I've been in your shoes if you're listening to me and thinking, man, this guy doesn't understand. Yes, I do. I've been, I've luckily always found a way to make it happen, but I've almost been evicted several times from apartments and houses several times. I've had eviction notices served to me and I've been able to get around it and make payments and drum money up somehow. I've been, I've been in those positions. I'm just letting you know that from eviction notices to bills being almost $150,000 a month, 
It doesn't get any easier. The problems just change and evolve. But it, it, make some money. Trust me, the money that the, the problems that come with money are way better problems to have than not having money. Um, that I can tell you with confidence. But this is just this is just an example. It's not all about money. I often talk about this in my spiritual walk, that the closer that I get to God, the more uncomfortable I am, because the more I see my nakedness, right? Remember Adam and Eve in the jungle, or in the garden after they ate the apple, you know, when God started calling for them, you know, they hid themselves, right? It's like the closer you get to God, you know, a person that's completely lost in their sin doesn't even know it. They're just going through their day to day, and they're doing all the wrong things, and they don't even realize it. But they also don't realize that they're going to hell. Me, now I'm saved. I know where my eternal destination is. But I'm, I'm, I, I would argue more uncomfortable than an unsaved person because I'm hyper aware of the mistakes that I make on a day-to-day -day basis. And I feel a deep amount of shame, a deep, a very deep, profound shame and disappointment in myself. It's like if you discipline, the, the fear of the Lord, you know, it's the beginning of wisdom, but the fear of the Lord is... Yeah, I do fear his judgment. I fear his wrath and his anger. It is terrifying to me to fall into the hands of the living God and, and not in his good graces. Um, the fear of the Lord to me, though, isn't just that. It's also like disappointing your dad. I feel very badly that I so often and so frequently disappoint my father, my heavenly father. You know? So the problems don't just as you become quote unquote a better Christian as you become more financially well off as, as you evolve in your physical fitness you have injuries like you're not going to blow an ACL sitting on your couch but you're going to have you know high blood pressure and diabetes you know what I mean but if you're active in the gym you risk blowing an ACL MCL knee problems joint problems all these things that a normal fat person wouldn't get on the couch the problems don't they just change with the situation Problems don't go away. And I think that many young men, um, especially some of the ones that I talk to and mentor and counsel in my DMs on Instagram, um, guys that cry out looking for help, there there seems to, the, the, the common theme is I just, I want things to get better. And things do get better but you need to change your perspective. Ooh, that's a cool little private jet flying over me right now. There's a private jet that must be landing at the Portland uh, jet port. Um, I can't wait to have a jet. <laughs> that's the number one. On my goals, material things, a jet is number one. Need a nice 40 to 50 million for the one that I want. Um, yeah, no joke. Jets are not. <laughs> and that's just a own it have it sit there not counting everything else that goes into it but man problems don't go away you just you just get a different batch of problems and every day and every week and every month and every year you're going to be met with a new and unique set of challenges and if you're just always constantly looking for a way out here's a great example here's a fantastic example when i first started sparring with my coach miles um, I had a tendency, I, I've been filming and watching my film back over and over and over again. And I, I've progressed very quickly. And Miles, who's practiced for over 15 years, would tell you that himself. Um, 
And the reason is I do a lot of reflection. But the point I'm trying to make is when I'm sp- when I was sparring with Miles when I first started uh, in hand-to-hand combat with him sparring, you know, just light sparring. He's cracked me pretty good a couple of times. <laughs> or I've been like, oh, shit. Um, I had a tendency to, when he started throwing a combination or I sensed that he was going to be on the offensive, I would back up. I would just back up and try to get out of the way, right? And that's what many men do in life. But the problem with backing up and trying to get away is that eventually you run out of space and you can't back up anymore. So you find yourself, this is such a good metaphor, please listen to me, that in sparring, I was backing away from miles, but I found myself backing myself into a wall or a corner. And he would obviously catch up to me and I would get hit with a barrage of strikes to the head, to the body, to the legs. Wham, 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 back up. He would he would just pepper me up and down like a punching bag, right? And I started to realize when I'm watching my film, like, okay, backing up is not an effective damage control strategy long term. I might be able to avoid it for a couple of seconds, but I'm gonna pay a, I'm gonna pay a much heavier price backing myself up against the wall, right? So what I started to do instead is I learned to start to stand there in the pocket and take it. And I realized that if I stood there in the pocket and took it, uh, it seemed to end a little bit quicker and I didn't take the damage wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then I started to counter. I started to learn how to counter. So, okay, he's going jab, cross, kick, jab, cross, kick. Okay, next time he crosses, slip, boom. I'm going to hit him with a body shot. Wham. Right right hook to the body, right? Ooh, got him. I got him. Holy shit. I actually hit him for once. And I started to learn that countering is almost... It's having a defense where you can counter is more, almost more important than having an offense. And you see these people, they got their trans flags. So disgusting. Um... I gotta drive. I can't drive anywhere in Maine without seeing some fag flag flying. It just drives me nuts, man. It's just disgusting. Um, hey, look at us. We take penises in our butts and mutilate our genitals. That's all that says. You know what I mean? It's so disgusting. We're not gonna go down that road. But so you get. <laughs> so you learn that countering is the best offense, really that before he was able to get away with, and he said this himself, he's been able to get away with keeping his hands down and all this and being able to unload with me without on me without consequences. Now there are consequences if he's not a little bit sharper. And that's life. That many of you that listen to me, you're constantly backing up, trying to avoid taking damage. And what happens is, is you back yourself so far into the wall that you trap yourself and you get the piss beaten out of you. You need to start to learn in life, especially as a man, to stay in the pocket, to stay in the zone, whether the attack and counter. If you can learn to counter strike in life, you become an absolutely unstoppable force. Because the guy that owns BlackRock, uh, although I think it's a heinous, satanic organization. The guy that owns BlackRock came out, he's got a book, and I've read some snippets of it. I actually ordered it because I think there's some things to be learned from the CEO of BlackRock. Um, but he was talking about just if you are just relentless over time, you will beat life into submission. Life will su- There's been many times where my relentless nature has caused life and circumstances to submit 
to my will. And I'm thinking that's all just counter-striking. That life is always on the offensive against us and many people just back themselves into the wall, into the ropes, into the corner, and they just try to hold their hands up and guard themselves, but they're just getting killed. They're getting slaughtered. And it's because people don't know how to counter-strike in life. People don't realize that in life you're supposed to be able to slip, roll, jab, punch, kick back. And that's a valuable lesson. Many of you allow life to beat you into submission and then you cry out for help. And in the arena of life, there's nobody there. You don't have... In the, in the heat of the battle, you don't have coaches in your corner. You don't have, you can't throw a towel. And life won't just beat you into submission. Life will beat you to death. I want to say that again. In a fight, you could get beaten into submission. You can throw in the towel. In life, life, you will get beaten to death. It is a fight for your life. It's like a street fight where the person is out to murder you. The opponent in this case wants to kill you. Life wants to kill you. It will demand submission from you and then it will demand that you pay the ultimate price and that price being your very own life. And sometimes it's not just a sudden, most times, it's not just a sudden thing. It's a very slow thing that happens over time and people die and you can just see their, their lack of legacy that life stole the life from them years before they were buried. I want to just reiterate that, especially to my men that listen to me, that nobody feels bad for you. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't have support systems. It doesn't mean that you won't have a partner. It doesn't mean that I, I won't help you if you reach out to me. But at the end of the day, you're alone. That's the harsh cold reality of life. I've had women listen to me say things like this on my podcast and they reach out and they say, I hope you don't actually believe that. And I'm just, I say to these women who I love and cherish, you just do not understand. You don't understand the realm of men and you never will. You never will. And many men don't understand the realm of men. So please listen to me when I tell you that you need to learn how to counter back. Countering back in life, what does that look like? It means persevering. It means sticking to your action plans that relate to your goals. It means keeping a level head and being stoic when things aren't going your way. It means that you honor your commitments and you operate with integrity no matter how hard it is. It means that you are honest and caring and loving to those that are depending on you for strength. It means that no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bleak the circumstances, that you continue to push forward. It's I have this poem tattooed down my ribs and across my chest, Invictus by William Ernest Henley. And reading that poem when I was a very young man, 17, 18 years old, literally changed my life. Changed my life. 
I would really encourage you to read that poem if you've never read Invictus by William Ernest Henley. This guy in front of me is going to be the worst. These people can't drive in this state. I would really encourage you to read that poem. Black is the pit from pole to pole, I think. I like to put in God for my unconquerable soul. Says I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. If you've ever heard that, it comes from the poem. And again, I don't want to use that phrase and say that God doesn't have ultimate dominion over our lives. But at the end of the day, he's given us free will and a choice. We get to choose every day when we wake up what we're going to do, whether our actions will be honorable or dishonorable, whether we will be strong, we will be men, we will be tough fighters. I can't stress to you how bad the drivers in Maine are. It's, it's really quite shocking. I think it's just everywhere now because everybody's brains are rotted out by vaccines and cell phones. But <laughs> it's very hard for me to stay on topic when I'm just, I'm, I, I, I'm surrounded. And this is the thing, man. It's not difficult to be exceptional now. I want to encourage you that you're listening to me. If you don't feel like an exceptional person, you're not far off from it. Because to be exceptional now is very easy. It's very difficult, but it's very easy to stand out. Because most of the world, most of the people that you encounter are husks, hollow, NPCs even. It's very easy to break the mold. It's very difficult initially. But ultimately, it does not take much to stand out from the crowd because the crowd is so pitiful and disgusting. And people might listen to me in some of these episodes and say that I'm cruel, that I'm an elitist, that I'm classist, that I, you know, who are you and that I have an ego. And I don't think intrinsically I'm worth more than anybody else. At the end of the day, we're all image bearers of God. But I do not believe that people end up having the same amount of worth at the end of their lives as others do, simply put. But worth comes in a lot of different forms. It's not just money and accolades. A man who died a good father and a good husband who raised his kids the right way is infinitely more wealthy than the wealthiest billionaire who's single. A B-man don't you want to just win? Don't you just want to be? Why don't you want to be the best version of yourself that you could possibly be? Why don't you want to just dominate every area of your life? Why don't you want to be the best father? Why don't you want to be the best husband? Why are you relegating yourself to just average thinking and average behavior? You've been told maybe you're not worth it. You've let life beat it out of you. Many people, many of you listening to me right now, you are up against the ropes and life is just peppering you, hammering you. I want to encourage you that you could dig in and fight back. And that there are great rewards for the men that learn how to do so. I love you guys. I'm getting my second workout of the day in because I want to be exceptional in every area of my life. So I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.